0: Here's to the finest crew in Starling. Captain James T
1: Kirk of the U.S.S. Enterprise. Captain James T Kirk of the U.S.S. Enterprise. Prize. this, James T Kirk. Who is
2: this, Captain? Don't, don't, don't you, aren't you, Captain? Hello. Admiral, Hello. Admiral. James T Kirk. Jim, Jim. Your
3: name is Jim.
4: Hello and welcome to the Greatest Generation. Slash. The Flophouse. <laughs> and it's a special uh, donor bonus team-up episode that nobody thought was possible. Or necessary.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, they were...
4: <laughs> this, we were wrong to think to do this.
2: Yeah.
1: Much like the film we're here to discuss. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Should we introduce ourselves to anyone who, for some reason, does not know who we are already listening a- to this? Absolutely. My name's Ben Harrison. I'm one
4: half of the greatest generation.
2: I'm Adam Pranica, the better half of The Greatest Generation. <laughs> I'm True. Elliot Kalen, the most irritating third of The Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy,
4: the
5: guy who's going to get irritated over the course of this show.
2: And I'm Stuart Wellington, like, just a chilled out cool dude who's happy to be along for the ride. Fun. <laughs> and uh, for anyone listening, The Flophouse is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And we
4: talk about Star Trek on our show, so we, we're talking about the worst Star Trek movie today or i guess that's probably debatable we should probably prep our listeners
0: who are already donors to the network and decide for whatever reason i have never listened to
2: either respective show maybe if i try
0: (laughs) them both at once i will get that (laughs) on my system
2: but this movie today it's star trek 5 the final frontier yes is that the subtitle yeah now this comes after star trek 4 the voyage home right yeah Correct.
0: Yeah. And when my wife first pitched this idea, she said, there's got to have been a bad Star Trek movie. And Adam and Ben, in unison, shouted Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, to the delight <laughs> of the entire restaurant we were having lunch
3: yeah.
0: in. <laughs> so why did you pick this one,
4: guys? Well, this one's kind of famous for being terrible because it was, it, I mean, the, the Final Frontier, like, it's... it right in the name like this was going to be the last movie with this cast and uh and then it was bad so they made another one so that it didn't leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth
2: and this was all and william shatner directed this right (laughs) yeah he did if you're gonna
1: promise a movie movie going audience that you're gonna see the enterprise for the last time you definitely want to see it like in shambles
2: Well, it's so, it's weird because <laughs> everything in this movie seems like it's a comment on the Star Trek franchise. Yeah. Where they're like, the Enterprise is in pieces, and they've got to put it back together. And there are many scenes of Spock and Bones and Carrick being like, why are we friends? Why do we spend time together? <laughs> and and also, uh, like, Uhura and Scotty seem to be in a relationship. So it's like, right. so it's like, they're just, it's that last season of a show where they're like, uh, sure, Chandler and Monica are married now. Like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like these characters have never been interested in each other, but we got to pair them up somehow. Chekhov and Sulu are kind
4: of R two D two and C three PO, but not really. But we're just not sure what to do with them. <laughs> or also in a relationship, you possibly. Know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, you was talking about taking the uh, the bad
5: taste out of your mouth, uh, and making another movie. I literally actually watched Star Trek six after watching Star Trek five, just because oh, i was had to so down about Star Trek five. <laughs> so it's like uh, I need to remember. <laughs> how i how i love these characters
0: and then afterwards you're like fuck it throw on generations and yeah, your, man. your tv's like <laughs> cannot then, do I that. Got,
2: then i got sad again <laughs> that would but then you had a big pickup with insurrection
0: dan's always or dogging nemesis. on generations what the fuck
2: <laughs>
5: yeah. No, first contact was the second uh, new next generation one.
1: You can never feel comfortable as a Star Trek fan going to the movies.
2: It's so here's here's the thing I wanted to say about Star Trek. I am I'm a wars I'm a wars boy. I'm uh-huh. not a Trek boy, and so. Star Trek mm-hmm. is something that I kind of don't know as much about as I feel like I should. I've had less I've seen episodes of the original show, episode I've seen episodes of each of the series sure. and I've seen some of the movies but not all of them. And it's I have as much experience with Star Trek in some ways as I have with like Harry Potter. Where it's like <laughs> I'll dip in, but every time I see Star Trek it's like it feels a little bit like going to your your poorer friend's house for a holiday, Aww. and you're like, oh, this is what you have for Thanksgiving. We usually have like four side dishes, and you have a side dish. And so like <laughs> your side dish is Cheetos.
1: <laughs> yeah, so like the Star
2: Trek just feels so much cheaper. And for a for a, a boy like me raised on Star Wars, which is like a movie. Like those are epic movies. Yeah. It's uh, every Star Trek movie that I see. It's kind of like, oh, okay. Like it feels like a Canadian thing. I can't, that's the way I can put. <laughs>
1: Star Trek is Canadian Star Wars. That's wow. great. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and also, like, I feel like one of the criteria when you approach a Star Trek movie is, could this have just been an episode of a TV show?
3: Yes. Right. Yeah.
0: Like, does this did this merit a feature film situation? Yeah. And I think in this
5: one, the answer is obviously no, but we'll get to it. But the weird thing is, like, I, I feel like... I feel like real, like, quote-unquote, like, real Trekkies, like, real, like, fans of Star Trek, they want the movies to feel like an episode of the TV show. Like, if it's not that, they're like, oh, Star Trek's supposed to be about ideas, and this is just an action movie. Like, that's...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I consider myself a real Star Trek fan. I didn't want this or anything, anything like it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's
0: like, sir, you're complaining. This is an action movie. You actually accidentally walked into the raid and not star Trek.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I agree though. Like there's a, a real tension there. And like, if it's an, if it's like an episode, it doesn't feel like it's a good movie because episodes, you know, like they wrap things up at the end and then, you know, you, you move on. Like it's, like an episode of television, especially early Trek, like the conditions at the beginning and the conditions at the end are roughly the same. But yeah. in, the, in a in a film, everything is supposed to change.
2: The purpose of a TV show often is to f- a, have a status quo and return to that status quo. Yeah, and yeah, with the mo- it feels weird for this movie to end essentially where it started, <laughs> and be- and everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, we're just us. Our okay. friendships are valuable. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's weird when I'm watching a science fiction adventure movie and I'm like, I kind of responded more to the scenes where they were camping.
1: <laughs> There's a faction of Star Trek fans out there who say that this entire film exists in a dream.
3: Yeah. And oh, And that's totally. like
1: the way to forgive it. Like the All bookend the th- format mm. of the film uh, mm. like makes that theory possible. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm.
1: Mm. <laughs> That's not something that you prescribe to? No, this
5: that's what I was telling Stuart. Looking at
0: the movie and looking at the IMDb reviews, I think every review that is titled, It Holds Up or It's Better Than I Remember <laughs> are people who probably assumed it was all a dream.
1: <laughs> writes imdb account apranica
2: <laughs> well i know it's mixing original series and, and and next generation but you want q to show up at the end and just do pucks monologue from the end of midsummer night's dream <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you didn't like this star trek episode i guess you dreamed it <laughs> like you fell asleep in the theater
3: James Kirk
2: a of should we talk about what actually happens in this yeah movie? yeah let's we've get danced into the around plot. it enough so I I totally rem-
4: misremembered that the beginning of this movie was just Kurt climbing El Capitan, and I thought that it was uh, the thing that directly inspired Mission Impossible Two. But there is actually a, s- a-, a set piece before that. Oh sure.
0: Yeah yeah, you got a fucking dust devil coming out of the out of the <laughs> out of the, de- the desert.
1: I was shocked that we found Voldemort just digging holes out there in
2: the middle (laughs) of the desert. So, we're on Nimbus 3 in the neutral zone. It's the planet of galactic peace, which of course means that it is like a piece of crap. Like, it's just the (laughs) worst planet in the history of the world, and... I I described that guy as a weird-toothed dirt digger. (laughs) I I thought he had no teeth, and then I realized that his teeth are just in the shape of gums. Yeah. Yeah. Because, as Gene Roddenberry demanded, all aliens can only be different in the way their brows or teeth are designed. (laughs) Does that mean he's an alien? I think he is an alien, right? Or is he just like a medieval peasant? I couldn't quite figure it out. He's a space peasant, but I think
4: he is also an alien. (laughs) What's he digging for?
3: <laughs>
0: Later on, they show Bones's dying father in old man makeup. And I'm like, is that an old man or is he just an alien? Because with Star Trek, sometimes you can't
2: tell.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're aliens that, are, that look old to human eyes. But... Maybe he's just like a wrinkle puss. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they're uh, McCoy is in the first episode of TNG, and they put him in super old man makeup for that, because the idea is in the future, people live to like 130, and that's like relatively normal, but he's, it's just the most atrocious <laughs> old man makeup that has ever been done in film mm-hmm. television. I uh, know, a
2: little thing called Guy Pierce in Prometheus. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, so there's this weird toothed dirt digger, and a prophet on horseback comes by, and he says... You have pain in you. Let me take it from you and kind of mentally takes his pain. And the guy says, oh, you're wonderful. What What do I need to do? He goes, join me on my quest to go into outer space. And then he laughs and laughs because it's revealed that he's a Vulcan. And as someone who is not a real Star Trek guy, I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, why am I supposed to care that his ears are slightly pointier? So was this supposed to be a shock that this guy is a Vulcan?
4: I mean I've never heard of a Vulcan carrying a caring about somebody's trauma, you know oh fair, fair point, okay. I don't think that this scene makes sense for for me either, and I care a lot about Vulcans.
5: <laughs> can we just off the front here be like... Is this a power that Vulcans have? Like a like this is not something that has been established, right? That like Vulcans can just take away people's pain. Like where does this guy get this thing?
4: What they don't address, and I think this was in a scene that was cut, is that Cyborg actually has a master's degree in psychology.
1: Oh, so it's just therapy. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. all that it is, which makes him in direct opposition to the Church of Scientology.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why fit Fraser Crane is so powerful.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, have you ever notice Fraser's ears, little pointy? We cut two. Yosemite National Park, most beautiful place on earth. Captain Kirk free climbing El Capitan <laughs> during a very long credit sequence. Uh, is it? This is supposed to be funny, right? The idea that William Shatner is free climbing El Capitan. Or are we supposed to be like, what a what a cool dude? <laughs> the thing that's funny to me is the idea that the jester as a look has been popularized <laughs> yeah, he's, among he's, the mountaineering the, community. He's got, like these kind of balloon pants and yeah. curly shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dan, do you have something to say about this this portrait of manhood? Well, I just,
5: I remember seeing this movie as a child and not realizing how absurd. Dan is being punished. No, I just, I just remember (laughs) not realizing how absurd it is that, you know, like what, like 50 something year old William Shatner is free climbing a mountain. And it's great because later on in the movie, anytime
0: the rest of the cast is expected to do anything with any kind of urgency, they basically just walk from one place to another place. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's oh no, no like, there's a okay. missile coming.
3: Okay, hold <laughs> I'm on. roll out of here. <laughs> it's like, they,
2: we saw him climb a mountain. From now on, just assume he's virile. Come on. But if 50-something Tom Cruise was free climbing a mountain, yeah, yeah, yeah. no pro- Of course. I know he can do
4: it. But Tom Cruise changed what 50 means, and Shatner did not. No, like, that's true. Uh, we, we've been touring a show all year about Star Trek II, which the whole theme of the film is about uh, Kirk feeling super old and past his prime, <laughs> and like he, you know, can't can't do the things he used to do. So it's pretty wild to see this movie open this way.
2: I would love to see a commercial where it's Kirk is like hitting on a green lady, and she spurns him, and then it's like, trouble with low T. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cut to them in adjoining separate bathtubs.
2: (laughs) Space tubs, yeah, Yeah. they're hovering, yeah. No, it's a Star Wars thing. I'm sorry. They wouldn't do that in Star Trek.
1: So then Kurt slips and falls,
0: and he falls for what feels like, I don't know, 20 minutes of the movie?
2: (laughs) Well, he falls because Spock has shown up and scared him in hover boots. Uh Spock is just wearing rocket boots flying around. And Spock has enough time to slowly turn around and (laughs)
3: rocket after him.
4: (laughs) There's a couple of shots in the fall where you can literally see the cables on, on Kirk like when they dangled him in front of a green screen and just said like flail flail your arms and they couldn't for some reason mad out the wire. I had I had enough
0: time to check my check IMDb and double check that that they didn't actually throw William Shatner off of that cliff. And then I stopped checking my phone and he was still falling. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a tall mountain. That's why people free climb it. Uh, Capitan. It's huge. It's beautiful. Uh spot catches him at the last minute. Cut two, back to Nimbus three, and parad- the uh, the not aptly named Paradise City. No <laughs> green grass. No pretty girls. <laughs> Nothing, yeah. Uh it's it's kind of like the Mose Isley of uh it's a very cut rate Mose Isley. Yeah. Where a Three breasted cat lady stripper is dancing in kind of an Mm -hmm. alcove in a bar. And there's pool tables that are like half full of milk. And I don't know how you're supposed to play this game. Like, (laughs) please tell me if this was Star Wars, there'd be an entire book about that game. (laughs) And
3: it's on a
0: desert. Like, why are they playing pool on a water table? That's crazy.
2: Yeah. Oh, good point. point. Oh,
4: maybe that's like this. This is a really fancy bar. So it's like
2: just profligate use of of resources kind of Uh, situation. That that could be the case. And uh, there's a meetup between representatives of the Federation. There's a Klingon and a Romulan. The Federation envoy is David Warner in perhaps the greatest waste of David (laughs) Warner in the history of film. I was like, David Warner's in this? Awesome. He's going to be the bad guy. He's going to have a cool speech. He's barely in it. He does almost nothing.
4: He Uh kind of stands in the background in a few scenes.
0: Yep, he showed up, grabbed his paycheck, wandered off to the space bank. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> this is a guy in The Ballad of Cable Hogue, the Sam Peckinpah movie. David Warner has a whole subplot. He's not even the title character. Here, he's got to be – he's the biggest non-Star Trek star in the movie. And it's like yeah. – it reminds me of Tim Heidecker in Bridesmaids where he has no lines on screen. And you're just like, <laughs> did they know he was there when they shot the movie? Like, Did they know they had David Warner in this movie?
4: Maybe David Warner was like – I don't really want to act that much, but if I could smoke, that would be cool. <laughs>
0: they, put, they put David Warner in the movie so every guy in the movie theater would turn to his date and be like, that's David Warner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: One of the worst Christmas songs is Do They Know It's Christmas? And that idea comes to mind. Do they know it's David Warner?
2: <laughs> and so we learned Nimbus 3 was supposed to be a cooperative colony planet to show that the Federation and Romulans and Klingons could live together. But it was such a crappy planet that like nobody wants to be there. And then settlers armed with sticks led by Cybok, the Vulcan prophet, they just overrun Paradise City and take the envoy's prisoner.
4: Yeah, well, this is uh, this was, you know, Paradise City's fault for banning all weapons because the the bad people outside the walls had the weapons, and the, no good guys with a gun inside, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, it takes a good guy with a stick to stop a bad guy with
2: a stick.
0: <laughs> or a table, uh, a pool table full of water, as we'll later find out.
2: <laughs> they could have turned that, I mean, that does become a deadly weapon later, later on uh-huh. in the movie. <laughs> uh, so, We get get to the Enterprise, it's new, it doesn't work. Or is it the old one and it's in repair? I couldn't tell if it was new and not finished or old and in disrepair. It's like a new Enterprise A, right? So at the end of the whales movie is four right yeah, yeah but
4: they don't have the enterprise in the whales movie it's it's uh, the it's bird the bounty they steal a yeah they steal a Klingon bird of prey yeah because, so this
1: is fresh off the production line then right yeah so okay
4: they, so they blow up a bunch of Klingons that board that uh that are like t- attempting to board and take over the enterprise in Star Trek three the search for Spock and then they, there's a an, an entire movie where there's no enterprise in it which. Uh, Pretty pretty tough to
2: take for Adam. Adam, Adam doesn't like Star Trek 4 for that reason. <laughs> yeah. But Adam. it's got the it's got the single greatest character in all Star Trek movies, the punk on the bus. Yeah. Right. The best character ever in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, His is the most popular table at the convention. Who's <laughs> listening to heavy
2: metal, by the way.
0: I mean, lines blur, dude. It's like crossover-type hardcore music, yeah. man. Yeah, I
2: guess. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> there's a... Uh, I will just say to anyone listening, there's a great book called Destroy All Movies, uh, The Guide to Punks on Film, and they have an interview with that guy and it's the mo- it's the most interesting interview about Star Trek I've ever read <laughs> wasn't he
4: like the music director and he made that song he wrote song? that song yeah. yeah that
2: was his song too so the- he is he is a double threat He's a punk on a bus And, uh, and he writes music <laughs> And I guess Enough of a threat To Spock That Spock what Kills him <laughs> I think he I think he knocks him out He And uh, and we do see
4: A Vulcan neck pinch Performed on a horse In this movie Oh role, yeah that's right We'll get to that Really fun
2: So on the Enterprise Scotty is trying to Get it up to code <laughs> The inspector's coming by yeah. And Uhura Are they So are they Is it? So the implications That Uhura and Scotty Are in a relationship at this It point sure is, seems right. that way It is only implied though Yeah like, she caresses His face a lot And makes sure he's eating What are they eat? Eating, like fucking
0: fiddle faddle or something? What's going on there?
2: <laughs> yeah, this, she brings like like a. What's that popcorn that you cook on a stovetop? Oh. Jiffy. Uh, Jiffy. Jiffy. Jiffy pop bag. Jiffy. Like yeah. Jiffy pop bag. She's like, I brought dinner, and then crushes his face, and it's like, Are you his caretaker? It's
1: like <laughs> nice. of her, it treats him like a child, and he acts like a child throughout the film. I think uh-huh. he's. He's had a head injury and like was there a head injury in Star Trek Four? There isn't this
2: when he walks into a girder and falls down. The thing
1: people love about Star Trek
2: is the physical comedy. That's
1: the most angry
2: making fucking joke. Oh so Dan, you didn't you didn't like that joke where he says I know this place like like the back of my hand uh, then bangs his head? That is the most
5: Like that's the joke that turns them all into idiots. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's the joke. Like, well, we've left the world of like competent Starfleet
4: uh, like people, and we this is just like a a ship of fools running through the world. I think that this early scene where Scotty is trying to make heads and tails of an IKEA. Uh, instruction sheet and can't figure it out is uh, is also pretty bad. I mean, bad. that was
5: the big contrast between watching Star Trek Six right after that. I was just like, oh, everyone, whatever gas leak
2: has gone over the Enterprise has been fixed. Like people are back to normal now. Sulu and Chekhov, they get called back into... Shore leave's over. They've got to join. They pretend that there's too much wind on the line. They can't hear. <laughs> that. But meanwhile... Yeah, because
4: Sulu's a navigator, and it would be embarrassing for him to get lost.
2: That's why... Spock and Kirk and McCoy, they get to have a whole night of eating beans and whiskey together. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like, Chekhov and Sulu have to have to knock it off at, like, noon, and then... The top brass get a full another night. Yeah. And almost, and Kirk tells them he knows that he wasn't going to die in Al Capitan because he knows he'll die alone, which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's fucking Cerebus all of a sudden.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to... He, he knows that Dave Sim has, has him marked down for 300 <laughs> issues, the Captain Kirk comic. Uh, and then... Uh, Spock says like I have some marshmallows here he keeps calling marshmallows marshmallows oh, and it's like I love that you know shit. he read about this how did he get that name wrong it's like it's another th- like the Scotty joke it's like here's a character who is known for his intelligence we're gonna make him an idiot yeah but he also, we also has
3: like, like
4: a device with like 300 buttons on it that extrudes one marshmallow
0: <laughs> you mean a marshmallow it's okay yeah
1: a marshmallow <laughs> it looks like a real like Ron Popeil single use <laughs> kitchen device like that's all it does <laughs> the, the
0: device slowly dilates and pushes out a perfectly cylindrical marshmallow <laughs> extrudes, much like my bottom marsha- does with
2: poops <laughs> like the device makes it sound like this <laughs> it pushes out a marshmallow he was up late he saw the commercial he said it would be illogical for me not to buy this uh they teach Scott, spock i mean three easy payments of 1999 you'd be a fool not to <laughs> and they they teach spock how to sing "Row, row, row your boat" in a round, which yeah. is not. He doesn't I know about.
5: love uh, the fact that they're like, you know, going around saying names of possible songs they could sing, either possible. Uh, public domain songs or made up space songs, and Kirk is like, "Row, row, row your boat." I love "Row, row, row your boat." Like nobody loves "Row, row, row your boat."
2: I, f- I find it to be a, a genuinely beautiful song, Dan. I don't know, just for the "Life is but a dream" message, which the movie takes, as you guys were saying, is it becomes the theme of the movie is "Life is but a dream," which does not have anything to do with what happens in the movie, but, but. uh I understand that, but he's also, it's also like, let's sing a song where each of us has to start it at different points. Spock, you're a beginner. Get used to it. Like, you're going to have to figure out where to start this song. McCoy
1: yeah. takes this in a much higher register than I was expecting. Yeah, Like, he goes really high with it. And then, and then Kirk is obligated to join him yeah. that high. Yeah. It's not flattering. <laughs> also true. not flattering, Spock's eyebrows, which look like LaToya jackson oh, yeah. like, they look very bad. There,
5: there's, yeah, it's heavy makeup on those eyebrows in this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, Like,
0: maybe soft lighting next time, dude. Learn from the early seasons of RuPaul's Drag
2: Race. <laughs> I've got to assume that Kirk, that Kirk, Kirk, William Shatner was like, Nimoy thinks he can direct a Star Trek movie. I'm going to make him look like an idiot in this movie. <laughs> and <laughs> I direct a Star Trek movie. So the, we got some Klingons. They're on a bird of prey ship. They find an old, is it the Voyager probe? The one that Carl Sagan be, had yeah. to do with and it has that carving, it has that picture of man and woman with no clothes on. Is it, are there two Voyager probes? I think there were.
4: So
1: It's the image that gives this film the PG-13 rating. The nudity that, of that, this the, scene. That, that
2: new drawing?
0: <laughs> and blowing it up. It's like, like the opening of the movie Triple X where a James Bond style uh, secret agent gets killed by the bad guy and you're like, whoa, this is not your daddy's secret agent movie.
2: Yeah, so they're like, here. It's not your daddy's space program. <laughs> it's one of
1: the first scenes that really introduces like this schizophrenic special effects work, where like this scene looks very Paul Verhoeven RoboCop Ed Two Hundred Nine Yeah, there's
2: a lot of stop motion and, and stuff. And then half of the rest of the effects
1: are just awful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this scene looks. It doesn't look necessarily believable but it looks really cool right like, the effects look cool
1: and if they were consistent in one direction or another i think that would be
2: okay when wes anderson makes a star trek movie this is what the effects are gonna look like <laughs> yeah yeah or, and, okay, or
0: Stuart so, gordon i mean it's very much like robot jocks if only the, yeah, yeah, that's if, true. Yeah, yeah if only the klingon bird of prey extended like a chainsaw dick to attack the Enterprise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the klingons they find out The envoys were taken captive on Nimbus 3. They go, oh, a Federation ship is going to show up. We'd love to blow up one of those. (laughs) And the thing that I love about the Klingons is that their ships always – these are spaceships. They travel through space. They look so filthy on the inside. (laughs) Like you think there's like an ankle-deep water over – like you imagine this is what the back kitchen of like – any takeout restaurant looks like yeah. like just like messy and wet everywhere. It looks yeah. like it would have mosquitoes on it. Yeah. Yeah. When, the,
4: when you board this ship, there's a sea in the window on the. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> you don't it could want just you mean wouldn't... they have a
0: sous vide machine in the back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got, when you use the the toilet on this on this bird of prey, you want to put down two layers of toilet paper on the seat. Let's just say that <laughs> they did not clean this place. Uh, and
4: they're just flying around looking for targets of opportunity, and they're excited that a federation vessel will get called to nimbus 3 because of this abduction situation
2: and the the nimbus that the federation vessel is going to call it's the enterprise of course our heroes have to cut short the vacation and spock is like oh uh, he recognizes that the hostage taker is a legendary vulcan who rejected logic but it seems like he knows more than he's saying
4: yeah they what they watched like a glitched out hostage video and for this era this the glitches in this video were actually like really impressive to me. Like that they did like digital glitches, because so much of like beat up video effects in films of this era, they do like analog. Like oh, like the, the video
1: the, toaster spinning woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Transition. The, the
4: tracking needs to be adjusted on the VHS, and uh, I like that it was like pixely and and you know jacked up in a way that. Feels a little bit more
2: forward-looking. I mean, I hate to break it to you. I think they just used the second unit camera that <laughs> was provided by the studio. <laughs> but uh, it's no the GPX one hundred. <laughs> yeah. But it looks good. it looks almost as good as the messages from the future in Prince of Darkness, which look which are all like video and they look amazing. right like yeah. There. But uh, okay, so. Uh, Uhura picks them up. They're gonna go do that thing. Uh, the Enterprise crew—they infiltrate Paradise City by having Uhura distract the guards by like doing like a stripper There's dance a with big feathers. dance. Uh-huh. and the, the where are they strangest... playing the music from like, it doesn't make any sense i mean like, I'm wait, not saying... i think the
0: music was playing in all your heads because you were so turned on by this experience
5: <laughs> like michelle nichols is a lovely lovely woman but like Whoa, why you, would why are you being weird no now? i'm i'm not like i'm, I'm making it clear that I'm, I'm dissing the idea that this starfleet uh like team would be like Hey, Uhura, our communications officer, why don't you get nude with some big feathers?
0: <laughs> like, uh, I think Nimbus 3 ordered some boners. Can you please deliver me
2: <laughs> I mean, it is one step away from Spock showing up in a hot cop's uniform with a, with a boombox on his shoulder. That's so yeah. uh, It logically, I should remove my uniform right now.
3: Like,
2: Yeah, no one, and, uh, no one asked for this, Spock.
4: No, 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 it's the... Can you imagine Shatner, like, turning to Nichelle Nichols in the, in the like you know, meeting when they got together to talk about her role in the film and saying, like, now I really respect you as an actor. And you obviously, like, blazed a trail, uh, you know, for we representation on the first on interracial film. kiss
2: ever on television.
4: Yeah. <laughs> like, you were close friends with MLK Jr. But for this film, I kind of want you to... Do just... you mean the Reverend Dr. Martin
1: Luther King Jr. <laughs> Jr.? <Junior?
2: laughs> the real life person. But so my guess is that it's always been part of her take on a character that that character is a burlesque dancer as a hobby. Oh. And as with many real life burlesque dancers, she's always trying to get her friends to come to the shows and they do not want to go. <laughs> but because, Scotty did. But Scotty did. And that's why they're in a relationship now. Yeah. They're closer. They're closer friends now. Wow. But, he
1: appreciates it as an art form. He's yeah. like, he's like he's I'm not, not
2: there to see the bodies, he's not there for titillation. Yeah, I'm there to see how they express themselves. <laughs> and Kirk is like, I'm going to spend my night going to a strip show where nobody takes it all off. No, thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nichelle Nichols was super pissed about this scene because uh, she originally, like, sang her own music on the top of that sand dune, and she was totally overdubbed by someone else.
2: That makes more sense if they had done it that way. Your description of uh, Captain Kirk
0: or Shatner in this case being disappointed by burlesque dancing would explain the way he treats the dancer in the club in Paradise City that he <laughs>
2: oh, Well, we'll get to that in just a second. But uh the where okay, there's a very lackluster battle where they they infi- they infiltrate Paradise City and Kirk fights and kills the, kills that cat stripper. She yeah. jumps on him out of the shadows. He hurls her into the pool table full of milk, and Which she certainly just
4: seems much deeper than it did in the earlier
2: scene. Yeah, like, and she just lies there prone. I have to assume dead, face down, yeah. face down in milk. And like cats don't breathe out of their butts. Like <laughs> I don't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that we don't we don't find a race that breathes out of their butts until they
4: go to that prison planet on Star Trek Six. <laughs> yeah, not everybody keeps their nose in the same place, Captain Kirk. Uh,
2: but yeah, Stuart, it's like he doesn't like check to see if she's alive or anything. He's just like <laughs> down, Kitty, and then like walks away. Yeah,
0: he's like add another name to my cenotaph.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and but it seems like the heroes have it all in hand when the hostages take our heroes hostage what the what the envoys have what? thrown in with Cybok. great opportunity for david warner to get a speech <laughs> nope doesn't get it <laughs> and uh and Cybok is like i did all this so i could steal a federation ship to go on my space quest we don't know what this what the quest is yet right they like drag it on so long yeah. to find out what this stupid quest is at this point
1: in time i'm really falling for Cybok's charisma i think he's great as a cult leader
2: What I love about Cybok is that he's clearly trying to match William Shatner's mode of acting. And I wonder if it's the way he was directed or if he was just like, this is how you do it on a Star Trek set. But he gives a speech later where he's like, they said the Earth was flat. (laughs) (laughs) Columbus proved them wrong. They said you couldn't break the sound barrier. It was broken. and I love. It's a very Earth-centric
4: ba- kind of uh, yeah. construction of that, too.
2: He also, knows his line, audience, I just want to say you of, know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> i just say that, Heather, that line is very poorly written because it sounds like it was broken. sounds like the sound barrier was already broken ahead of time. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't need to break it. That's bad writing. But, uh, okay, and I can say that. I'm a writer. So... Uh, but he's like I don't remember The name of the actor Who plays Cybok Lawrence
1: right. Luckenbill What
2: else did he do Cause he gets his own And Lawrence Luckenbill As Cybok End credit Which usually means You are the most Respected actor In the movie this Is This his
1: last film credit Whoa what, it, what a way to
2: go well, out! Well, what else did he do before that? Okay, Was he so like he before he didn't Derek do Jacobi's
0: understudy in various
2: Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it's the, he's the low, He's the cut rate. It's like Eric Jacoby. Like, don't worry, we got Derek Jacoby for the part. Uh, bad news, we couldn't afford him, so we got Eric Jacoby. <laughs> 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 okay, he steals the enterprise. The Klingons show up, and to get past oh, them, oh, sorry. I-
4: uh, I, I think that we should talk about the fact that it, like they take the, the shuttle pod back up to the Enterprise, and Spock has an opportunity to kill Cybok. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. And and Kirk is like, shoot him! Do it! <laughs> He's like, and he keep killing
1: it. people! I'm all for that! Scotty also has an opportunity to lock the door.
4: <laughs> yeah, Scotty is watching all of this from the control room of the shuttle bay, and just as... He's like, all right, well, let him in. <laughs> he needs that tenth finger to to lock that
1: door, right?
2: I mean, I just assumed that at point he he had a, He suddenly thought that he was a child again, and he was waiting for his mom to come home to give him lunch. He's so his he's in an advanced state of dementia. And he doesn't know. But so they have. To There's have...
1: nothing sexual between he and her. It's just a caretaker <laughs> it, relationship. It's just
2: like, oh, you poor child, man.
4: <laughs> his favorite food is popcorn. He starts speaking Scotch Gaelic, which he hasn't speak, spoken since he was a child. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they have a moment where Uhura's like, what do you want for dinner? Popcorn. <laughs> All right, you've got so little time left. Like, I'll just... I'll just, just make him comfortable and happy There's, in these an, remaining years. In an earlier time, we would have tried to create a reality-based world around you where we forced you to accept what happened, but now we're just going to enter your reality and <laughs> make you comfortable in your final days. <laughs> uh,
5: Kirk does sulk an awful lot, though, about uh, Spock not shooting Cybok. Like, to yeah. the degree where it's just like, you are bloodthirsty. Yeah. Like you're just sad. I yeah. didn't <laughs> die here. to the
0: degree that he has to slap the wall. So the wall extends a chair
1: for him to sit in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because once again, he's an old guy. They're all pretty old. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He doesn't want to stand up. Are we sure that
1: weapon even works? It looks like a paintball gun filled with teeth.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's that's the future. You know, it's, it's a hard for Spock because, as he admits, Cybok is his half brother. Yeah, he's it's like,
4: this film's Chinatown scene where it's like, he's my brother. He's not my brother. I mean, technically, he's kind
2: of my brother. Yeah, he goes, he's my brother. And Kirk goes, you don't have a brother. I have a half-brother. And you hear the audience at home go, oh! <laughs> and, and Kirk is like, oh, you've checkmated me. Yeah, when he fir- <laughs> well, when he
0: first says he's my brother, he's like, stop speaking... Jive.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. He says he's my brother, and he goes, "Ah, you and your Vulcan community, or whatever." <laughs> look, you'll never get an academic post speaking like that. And, and Spock is like, "Excuse me, this is a valid form of English. It has real grammatical rules." I'm sorry, and Kirk is like, "Ah, this. Look, you're just. Not, it's professionally, you're not going to be taken seriously. It's basically that scene from that one David Foster Wallace essay Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Sulu and Ahura, never the most strong of will. They start working for Cybok. Cybok I guess, removes their pain. The pain. Sulu's pain, I guess, that of being a man who cannot get married because it's still not legal in the future of this movie. And Uhura's pain of having to have done that dance on, on the desert yeah, planet. When they flash back to her trauma, it's just <laughs> yeah, that. It was like 10 minutes ago. I really had a it's tough like, time. I had thought I had made a place for myself in the galaxy as a respected <laughs> professional, but no, I'm just eye candy to distract the ditch diggers <laughs> so that we, and the sand people so that we can we can get, get their horses. Yeah,
4: the yeah. excuse for that also was like, we don't have an hour to walk to that city. We'll steal these horses. And then they put on a song and dance number to <laughs> steal the horses.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, yeah let's, let's practice. You gotta make sure that you get your timing right. You gotta hit your cues. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the scriptwriter pitched that idea to the studio and he was like, they're never gonna buy this. And they're like, no, let's totally
5: run
2: with this. <laughs>
1: Perfect. I'm shocked she didn't perform Row, Row, Row Your Boat, which is uh, Kirk's favorite thematic. song.
2: Thematically would have worked. I imagine that they were like, we don't have a lot of time. Quick, go on Limeliner, download one of Madonna's songs from Dick Tracy, <laughs> transcribe the lyrics. Okay, we're, we got to learn it fast. Uh, Cybok, this is his plan. He wants to break past the Great Barrier at the center of the galaxy and go to the legendary planet of Shakari, a name that he says as if it doesn't sound silly. <laughs> but it sounds silly every time. It
1: uh, sounds like the name of the shrine in Major League.
3: <laughs> instead
1: of Jobu. Yeah. <laughs> That's where Joe Boo is going to go after
2: he dies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scotty breaks our boys out of... The jail cell they're in, and they accidentally tell the Klingons exactly where they're going over the radio set. So nice work, boys. Cybok then he goes, he gives a terrible speech about how the Great Barrier is just a product of the fear and superstition of civilizations, and behind it is the source of all creation. Some call it Eden or heaven. He confuses those two, two terms in a way that is not accurate. Like, there is no religion in which Eden and heaven are the same thing, but yeah. he uses them interchangeably. Yeah. So at that point, if I was Kirk, I would have been like, let me stop you right there. <laughs> Your understanding of the Judeo-Islamic-Christian uh, tradition is very faulty. <laughs> but, uh,
4: and then like, this movie establishes that Kirk is not above the let me stop you right there well actually kind of interjection <laughs>
2: uh, he but he's, he talks about how it's the klingon i don't remember what the klingon uh place is it's like ha ha, ha, ha or something like that yeah it's yeah, just a guttural right.
1: sound
0: yeah i mean this 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 happens after we get a little we get a little bit more of those rocket boots i think you just gloss yeah. right yeah, over that true. sweet rocket boot scene where we get a little I ups and, over and
2: they have to escape up a tunnel, and and Sp- Spock, I guess, was hiding the rocket boots on his person.
5: Uh-huh. <laughs> <So> <laughs> thank God the screenplay established the existence of rocket boots before
2: that, so they could use it again. <laughs> yeah, that's Chekhov's rocket boots, not Chekhov, the <laughs> Star Trek character. Yep, thank you for clarifying <laughs>
0: When we were watching it, Charlene's like, This is like Willy Wonka. And I'm like, It kind
2: of is. This film also has a Chekhov's it is like Chekhov. Willy Wonka, yeah. Wait, sorry, what did you say? This film also has a Chekhov's Chekhov. Yeah. Yeah, that's sorry. true. Chekhov shows up and then later he's Chekhov. Yeah. Uh, and Cybok, to prove that he knows what he's saying, he makes Bones relive the experience of euthanizing his dying father months before they discovered a cure for whatever his father had, which I guess was being old and dying. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a very extreme therapy to release. He could the pain. have
4: lived six more months
2: <laughs> if they've made uh, euthanasia of
1: the elderly a thing in this future then why didn't ahura do that to scotty oh, <laughs>
3: that's, a very that's the good question point. i have point. very
2: good point you you, you, to, uh, here's my guess scotty knows where some gold is hidden yeah. <laughs> and this is a long game for ahura to find that gold we're hoping
3: that
1: star trek 6 is the legend of scotty's gold <laughs> oh, i would
2: love that they're all cowboys now yeah. was there ever a star trek cowboy thing or no
4: uh no, I don't, I don't believe there was. Oh well, there's, there's there's actually a TNG episode where Worf gets stuck in the holodeck with his son, and they uh, they're right. like the sheriff in town.
2: Okay, that's close enough. Yeah. I mean like that's like the prisoner western episode. Where it's it's fucking holograms. terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Did he have his like Batleth in
0: like a little holster, and he had to pull it out <laughs> real
4: awesome. quick? <laughs> Doesn't he? He like comes up with a way to make his communicator into a personal shield device yeah. because the, all the holodeck safeties are turned off.
1: And, and he's never displayed any technological savvy, yeah. savvy at all. And, yeah,
4: And you're also like, wow, if you can make your personal communicator into a, a shield to pr- protect you from bullets wouldn't they do that all the time
2: <laughs> and what need do you have for a batleth <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor based culture let's yeah. just say that it's uh, who knows so uh, Cybok meanwhile takes Spock to his father's disappointment at Spock's birth and it's like how good are Vulcan memories that he remembers his own birth <laughs> and he's definitely really I mean, looking away in disgust at his, at his human-ish son <laughs> what is the part of that baby's body
1: that is disappointing and human <laughs> I wonder. he's probably
0: disappointed by how incredibly large that newborn baby baby is
3: <laughs>
2: yeah i mean you can't really use a newborn baby every movie it's a baby that's older than newborn uh,
0: guess. not that return of the Li- or what dawn of the dead remake where they just use a cool cgi zombie baby
2: you're right they should have used a cgi zombie baby instead of a real baby here's my guess because i've had that i had a similar experience where i wait judge. let's what? just say it i'll just admit it you can use that <laughs> you, against wait, me in my flashback to the moment of your birth
1: no, no. The moment there of my... is a ton about the room we're recording in that makes more sense now.
2: Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you
0: saying no. when your son was born they gave you the baby and you're like too human? <laughs> shook no, your
2: I, head. They, they, they. I said too human. Where's his third eye? But when when they handed me my son. I had a moment of, like, his penis doesn't look like my penis, and I had to remember, like, oh, what? yeah, is a thing. Like, he's that's gonna get taken care of. But it's like, but it was a very similar thing of, like, this baby does taken not look like of. me in a serious
1: way. <laughs> They're gonna take care of that problem.
3: <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs>
1: and I
2: can't wait. <laughs> We're gonna remove that flaw in God's design.
1: I can't wait till yeah, your son just... listens
0: to this episode and then forever has issues with his penis because of it.
2: We can only
4: hope that Elliot's son becomes a Max Fund donor when, you know, he's of age. Oh, to have a it'll never card. happen.
2: He'll be like, oh, podcasts are over by now. We're yeah. all into like, I don't know. It's like a thing where they beam a smell into your brain. <laughs> yeah.
4: My, uh, my wife is Jewish and they recently got Congratulations. their like, their, uh, their DNA test done and it's like, Ninety eight percent Ashkenazi DNA. Oh yeah,
2: my mom did the same thing. It was, it was like ninety eight percent Ashkenazi Jewish, like two percent Neanderthal, and like yeah. nothing else. And I
3: I, uh,
4: I was I I thought in that scene like oh man like when her when her first child is is placed in her arms she's gonna look at me and be like you ruined it you ruined yeah.
3: it for all of us
2: <laughs> <laughs> we were so close to pure uh, yeah so that's so I understand what's Spock's dad's name like Spock senior Sarek 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 so that he was Sabak like, this is the exactly game They like...
0: play in Star Wars no, okay, yeah, Sorry. That's the
2: game that Han Solo won The Millennium Falcon From Lando Calrissian playing mm-hmm. Star Wars Hey Those are some fun movies right Oh yeah Even <laughs> Solo One
0: of the lesser Star Wars movies It's pretty
2: you know, fun The first Star Wars movie Was nominated for Best Picture How many Star Trek movies Have been nominated For Best Picture
1: Hmm, I don't remember.
2: <laughs> okay. So anyway, enough of that jovial banter uh in Ribaldry. Uh so Cybox says basically so they
1: Ribaldry because we're talking about circumcision.
2: Yeah, yeah so uh, so so he's shown them their disappointments and Kirk is like I refuse. My pain yeah. is what makes me who I am and it's like Kirk, you just had a major breakthrough and you don't even realize it. Yeah, and it's
0: like dude, you're just going to see shit about your dead son, right? This is funny to me because uh
5: my best friend in college and and uh half-time roommate was uh, he he would quote this. He'd be like, "I I love my pain. My
4: pain is what makes me me." Or whatever. I'm just like,
5: "All right, well, I just- are you sure
4: he wasn't just quoting Pacino in Heat?" <laughs> I I hang on to it. It gives me it gives me my edge on the edge. Where I gotta be. <laughs> I told you, baby, when we got together, you were gonna have to share me with every bad roommate in this college. <laughs> but my reaction to this like it's like okay great, like
5: great. You know, like I understand you talking to me? <laughs> it's like I
1: understand I understand the sentiment. Something from insomnia. Oh for God's sake.
2: <laughs> Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. No, no,
5: never mind. Never mind.
2: No, no, Dan, tell us your story. So you said I told a story about my son's penis when he was born. You should tell about your. Yeah, it's weird so that it's weird that.
5: that no one re, uh, interrupted you while you were talking. That's very. Strange.
0: No, we all we all sat around with our heads bowed, listening intently to Elliot's penis talk.
2: Yeah, I said I said, gather round, children, lay it, sit at my feet, and I shall tell you tales of an uncircumcised penis. <laughs> so, Dan, what did you say to your roommate? I gotta know. No, no, no. The point was just
5: that, like, you know, like he was like, oh, my. I, 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 I love my pain. My pain is what makes me mean. like. And it's just like, yeah, great. I understand that sentiment, but why are you quoting Star Trek five?
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: why is that the one that you choose? to? He knows no one's ever seen it, yeah. so he can sound original and cool, yeah. or
2: he can get the words slightly wrong and no one's going to correct him on it. Uh, look, every every sometimes a pile of mud has a has a little speck of gold in it.
1: Do yeah, yes. you get that from uh, fucking City Slickers too?
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, like shitting
1: after a night of drinking nothing but Goldschlager. Yeah,
2: exactly. So anyway, Cybok tells them, they say, no, we're not going to join you, Cybok. And Cybok goes, too bad, because God is behind the barrier. See ya! And they go to the great barrier at the center of the universe, which, a galaxy or whatever, which no one has ever passed through. It's too dangerous, and it's like a big, goopy, smoky, electric thing, and they pass through it so easily. There's yeah.
4: no... Uh, I mean they, they're looking at the sensors and they say like oh th- I can't tell if this is something or not because the sensors are saying nothing so it's just a big illusion that yeah. has, has uh, scared everybody away <laughs> like, before yeah. now Cybox,
2: right it's the fear that shows all the because fe- because I've had commutes yeah, worse killer. than the past to this it's the yeah, <laughs> fear's the mind killer it's the little death within us all oh man what a movie am I right Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> a science Patrick fiction a movie, movie right, so great yeah <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart why isn't Sting in Star Trek stuff <laughs> it is like
5: the whole Movie has been building up to this like it's like oh my god what is going to be beyond this barrier this barrier is crazy everyone's talking about this barrier there's so much buzz about this barrier <laughs> hashtag barrier <laughs> and they're just like
2: oh we, want, we oh we went through the barrier like it's like when are we, when are we going to go through this barrier oh we passed through it five minutes ago okay people were like for thousands of years everyone's been trying I mean it's you know what it is it's the story of the Gordian knot. Nobody can untie this knot. Well, let me cut it with a sword. Yeah. And Alexander, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no one thought of that. We, Al- wait, all this time we thought we were teaching Alexander, Alexander's been teaching us. That's what Plato said. Yeah. <laughs> or Aristotle. I'm sorry, Aristotle <laughs> said that. Uh, so uh,
4: I did like when they were passing through and they just randomly cut to Jodie Foster and she said they should have sent a poet and then she's not in the movie anymore.
2: I know, I know, I know. They see a glowing planet on the other side, and they're like, what? Oh, and Cybok is like, Kirk, you're in command again for some reason. Crazy. like Kirk just takes command.
4: And his first act as as being back in command is not arrest Cybok and all his guys from the desert that are <laughs> standing around the bridge with their guns. So, like,
0: guys, I have, a, I have a question. I was looking at my phone around this time. At what point did Cybok get a haircut?
4: because <laughs> his hair looks
0: way different later in the movie than it does earlier he did movie. it in transit inside the shuttlecraft oh, okay that there makes was plenty sense. of is time there, for that there that a sense.
2: deleted scene where he's, he's like I want to look good for God <laughs> I mean me I guess her. you're right just because it's not
0: on screen doesn't mean it's a plot hole
2: exactly yeah. if you can you can infer that it happened that's fine they must have a, a set of scissors on there and you know they probably made Ahura do it because she's a lady maybe
5: that's what happens when you go through the barrier man maybe that's the you get a sensible it's Cut? Uh, there you
2: yeah 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 well there was that scene where for a brief second as they passed through the barrier bugs bunny was cutting cybox hair and telling him <laughs> how what interesting people go many, through the barrier.
1: many people are afraid to request a different haircut from yeah. their stylist sure. so yeah. oh yeah
2: i made that mistake once i said let's try something different it was terrible never
3: again <laughs>
1: you're like what's this mullet everyone's talking about i think <laughs> i look cool with it <laughs>
2: I like, I like Martin Mull. I'll look like him, sure. People were wearing Caesar haircuts ten years ago. <laughs> Why wouldn't I want a party in the back and yet business up front? It shows I'm versatile. I think people. Uh, I so.
0: think being confused with a hockey player would be a good idea for me. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're famous athletes. Okay, Kirk takes a man. Yeah, their first. His first action is not arrest Cybok. It is Cybok, You're coming with me and Bones and Kirk on the shuttle to the surface. Are we the best people for this job? No, but we're the stars of the movie. No, it's just weird that like at this point, Kirk like.
5: Still has authority over the the ship, even though Cybok is like taking it over. Like he's just like, oh, you other people stay behind, <laughs> and they're just like, yeah,
2: sure, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like spiritual power versus, I guess, temporal power. Maybe. What do you think, Elliot?
2: Maybe. I mean, I think at that moment they're just like they're so they want stability. They've been through a really bad day, mm-hmm. and they're just like, what? Just make it normal again. Like just the same way that like something you could be a grown up. And you like you're having a bad time, and you go to your parents' house, and your mom is like, "Lights out, bedtime." And you're like, "I just need rules. Like, I just need <laughs> I need somebody to set to set to tell me what to do because I cannot handle this,
3: yeah. this chaos." when I go to visit
0: my parents, day. and my mom's like, "Time to let me wipe your bottom," and I'm like, "Yes, please. I'm a big boy."
1: <laughs> <laughs> is temporal power the power that's been dredged in uh, egg and panko breadcrumbs? Oh, yeah. delicious yeah.
4: before yeah. being fried. A mm-hmm. little bit of seltzer water to make it extra. crispy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh wow that's, that's a
2: scene. one that's oh. cool and now that I know uh, it's but it, it reminds me of the scene that I hate in Return of the Jedi where they're like Captain Solo you've gotta go down to the planet and turn off the shield generator who's gonna go with you and all his friends are like I'll do it count me in buddy and it's <laughs> like this is not how the military should work like yeah. come on <laughs> <laughs> Like okay so if the show Barry taught us anything it's that you should not go on a mission with a bunch of yahoos who decide to volunteer themselves for it. Come on Barry HBO oh, <laughs> won several yeah. Emmys. Yeah. Okay so I've been
4: trying to convince my wife to watch it. She doesn't good. like murdery things. It's kind yeah, of it's a, a show violent, about yeah. it's a
2: show about a guy learning how to be an actor so of course it's going to win a bunch right. of awards right? <laughs> good point. Actors love things about actors. Uh, so and so they land and they all act like this is the most amazing thing they've ever seen and correct me if I'm wrong this looks like every planet Star Trek has ever landed on ever.
0: When they say it's like Eden, does that mean it's the place that all Star Trek sets have
4: sprung forth from? <laughs> 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 it's like a a rural place outside of LA which is therefore a desert. It looks
2: like a it's like a pink Desert hill outside of Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's like It's the Salton Sea with gels. Yeah. Yeah. The minute the minute I landed on it, I would have been like, so Eden because when I heard about Eden, it was called a garden, and it had plants and animals in it. Like, there's Quite no- church. lush
4: in, in the description.
2: <laughs> in the description, <laughs> they can't grow apples here. This is <laughs> no.
4: this is verdant. Like, my ass is verdant. Fuck this.
2: <laughs> but they walk around. It looks like they're inside an aquarium that had all the water drained out of it. Like, yeah. but they walk around, like, the, it, it's really funny, because they walk around like they're in a dream. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah I, I dreamed. I walked across Eden in my maiden form bra, and then after a certain <laughs> point, you can see the characters getting bored of it and being like, this. Yeah. Is it like is this all? We, is that all there is? Like, well, come on.
4: Chatner's direction of we're gonna CG in a bunch of like cool James Cameron plants and animals had uh, sort <laughs> that, of worn off. That'd be
2: so funny if you it, like the book of the movie, the art book of the movie has these amazing visualizations of like jungles and creatures, and there was gonna be a whole sequence of them like just like delighting and all the in the the things that they see, and they're like, we ran out of money. <laughs> Go back to the same gravel pit you did all the other shows. This movie did
0: famously run out of money, right? right? Like yeah. the, whole, oh, did it really? the whole end of the movie was reorganized so that they could just ma- like
1: churn it out. They only out. had the budget for a haircut for Lawrence Luckett. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize
2: Terry Gilliam directed this movie. Oh, oh, oh. Hey. Just kidding. He's, He's great, love him. Can't wait to see that Don Quixote <laughs> movie that he finally made. Uh, then seems, seems like a good guy. He's got some unpopular opinions because he is an old man, but it, for me, it does not take away from him being a great artist. Who is? It's it's not surprising that a man who literally has no control of his visual style or budgeting has no control <laughs> over the political opinions he says. Yeah. Uh, he has, He's a man with no tact, but that's what I love about his style Anyway, okay. I've seen
4: some recent pictures of him And I admire the fact that he's turned into a being Of pure texture
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, that's the funniest thing I've ever
3: heard
2: Okay, so uh, Rocks erupt from the ground Uh oh, they're in a cage of rock And suddenly they meet what appears to be God yeah. Which is, it's, now I have to admit I love this effect, because it looks Weird, it looks, it's like a Zardoz type bearded face but it's like it's like you zoomed in too far on a film or video and the grain is all there and the eyes are from some different face than the rest of the face
4: and I think like the the focal length of the the lenses that they're using to shoot the the foreground are different from the focal length of the lenses they use to shoot the face. So it like looks distorted relative to everything else. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it's like, in, I'm like, okay, I buy it. You're if like, you're am I watching a gun-
0: movie in the witch house all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> Did but Mark like, Danieluski
2: see- write this sequence? <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek, Star Trek five, the fun, the house of leaves. <laughs> like, the, uh, the uh, there's if you're gonna see God, he is not gonna look like just a person. It's not. It's gonna look weird. Yeah. I He's love look how strange. he
1: presents all the versions that he thinks you want to see, and they're all like old white guys.
2: Yeah. There's
0: there's one like metal face that looks like Q from Street Fighter Three.
2: He's just one voice, many faces, and they all fly out of the screen as if it was like all the gods you see here. This guy and this guy and one this of, guy. One of them is
4: yellow
1: and then they start playing that god for a bit. And... <laughs> yeah. I feel like Kirk has to be disappointed that one of those
2: faces isn't his. Oh, you gotta believe it. Yeah, he probably threw that as an easter egg and they are like, yeah. Shatner, take it out. Like, you can't do that. It, that, that. Like a tech war book flew out. Also. And they're like, Bill, just don't put that in. Just take it's it out. It's him
1: sliding over the hood of a cop car.
2: He <laughs> starts speaking Esperanto. Oh, Someone Many good things about him uh that god is like uh he's like i want your starship you can finally get me out of this place and kirk is like why do you need a starship and god explains by shooting him with laser eyes <laughs> and it's pretty clear at this point he is not really god he's some kind of super powerful alien force well M- maybe could the be devil old testament god uh, right. I guess so, in a way. But even even that God was, I guess actually that's true. That's pretty it, vengeful it, in the Old the, Testament. The God of the Jews is a God who might be like, Jews, give me your spaceship. We're
3: getting <laughs> out of here. But
2: why do you need it? I mean, that is the Book of Job. Is essentially like, give me all your stuff. Why? Get out of here. Like the God, the, the God of the, the Hebrew Bible, it, Bible is at times like a mob boss who can't control his emotions. <laughs> it's like, like, why are you doing all this to me, God? Get the hell out of here. No. Where were you when I laid the foundation to the earth? Ah, you know, that kind of stuff. Hey, I need a starship here. <laughs> now, I wasn't sure
5: when I saw this, like, did the God character like know that he was luring these people here to, so he could get the spaceship or did it just happen to be that they showed up with a spaceship and he's like, oh, a spaceship, I needed one of those. Are you questioning God?
0: <laughs> eye lasers, eye lasers to <laughs> oh,
2: dance. Wow! No. Wow!
4: Uh, I, I think that he, Cyborg was his mark, right?
2: Like, yeah. All right. The... He, like, sent a vision to Cyborg. Yeah. It seems. Or Cybok just had a crazy vision. I don't know. There's another
0: special effect I like in this sequence where the guys who got eye lasered, like, there's still, like, smoke coming off of their little scorches. Yeah. Do you know yeah. that
1: that's cigarette smoke? I, really? I do yeah. know that. Is there somebody smoking inside William Chatner's chest?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Always.
1: Just off screen, they were blowing cigarette smoke into the uniforms oh, in
3: this scene,
2: cool. and then they were ready to roll. That's amazing. Like this, You ha- never get away with that right now, right? No, because yeah. it would be dangerous. That, that's that's like one of those things that you watch an old movie where a horse f- runs off a cliff, yeah. and you're and the old man is like, they'd never let you do that now. What, kill a horse for a movie? You're right, they wouldn't. Like, But this scene... Those were
4: the good old days. Shatner was like, I would like my fluffer on the set of the next mil- film to also be smoking.
2: Yeah. This is like the kind of like old style science fiction short story twist that I love where it's like we're gonna find God actually he's a madman he's a, he's a crazy thing you know of all power we don't like him and he's like shooting these bizarre eye bolts that look weird like this mm-hmm. whole part of it where and it like works really well even though this is the I, objectively about to become the stupidest part of the movie. For some reason, this is where the movie most becomes a fever dream. And I'm like, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Like, give me more of this. I don't want the stuff where they're like negotiating with the ambassadors. Like, I want the stuff where it's like, what is this weird vision? And it's now shooting eye bolts. But yes, you know what? I'm a, I'm a Wars boy. I'm a Star Wars boy. Mm-hmm. I like the stuff where it's like a weird thing shooting eyeballs. This could just
1: be Dr. McCoy overheating near the campfire, yeah. camping at Yosemite oh, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. This yeah. is
2: credibly a crazy dream. Yeah, this could be just, or or this is a story McCoy is telling with a flashlight under his face, yeah. like and uh, ready to believe it. Now, the, but it's with the a scene reaction to all the beans he, and whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they have beans and whiskey, and it's like they talk about it like they, they are. They make no bones about it, pun intended. They are gonna fart. The hell out of
3: their sleeping bags.
2: Like their sleeping bags are going to be hostile, toxic environments. Yeah, so there's the definitely like talk
5: of that, and they're like, "Oh, Spock's a Vulcan. He's not going to fart as much because of his metabolism." Huh?
2: <laughs> Least you logical to fart. <laughs> and Spock is like, "Why would I expel that gas? It can be used as fuel.
1: <laughs> I can fuel my boots with it." That's why I'm holding
0: a glass jar underneath your bottom every time you eat beans. <laughs>
2: so I can then attach
0: that
4: glass jar to my
0: space boots.
2: Uh, so yes, so those space boots, they're powered by farch, Do you think they smell when he uses them?
4: I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine anything else. I mean, I think uh, when they're on the ship, maybe he gets like biodiesel from the galley and so they smell like, uh, you know, taco shells or french fries <laughs> or something. But... Uh, unearth it and just use whatever.
2: Yeah, I mean I like it cuz it makes them even more like the fizzy lifting drink from Willy Wonka, <laughs> which is based on just filling your body with gas. Yeah. Do you get the sense that Cybock melds with God here that's and that's my that's my assumption. He yeah. uses his psychic powers to find out what God's trauma is, and I yeah. assume it's so bad like God like he's probably like no girls will go out with me or something like that. <laughs> like yeah. but uh but Cybock psychically wrestles God and does like he is God is no contest. Like Cyborg is handily winning this, yeah. con, or at least to a sand standstill. And he's like,
4: distracting God long enough for the uh, f- for the photon torpedoes to rain down <laughs> upon their position. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so and Kirk it's is a like,
1: lovely fucking Star Trek movie. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's also like
2: I gotta I gotta respect any movie where they're like God's attacking us, shoot him with a torpedo. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like that's crazy. And this was at the height. This was in the eighties at the height of like the moral majority. Where it's like, take this, Christians. In our movie, God's a bad guy, and we're gonna shoot him. We're gonna blow him up. <laughs> like that's nuts. <laughs> that's like, I, like Darren Aronofsky's Mother is such a tame movie that respects like the mainstream heritage compared to Star Trek V, The Final Friend. Like William S. Burroughs is seeing this in the theater, just like I wish I could be this out there.
1: I feel like modern Christianity has more than a little bit. Like laser beam, God worshiping people, oh, like oh
2: for sure, yeah. They're, they want laser beams to hit people, and yeah. like you know Christopher Hitchens. And they're maybe wa- worried that we're gonna shoot torpedoes. Right. God. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Hitchens was watching this in the movies as a kid and being like, "Yeah, take him down." Uh, so Kirk- good, they made Nichelle Nichols seem like an idiot
3: because
2: <laughs> <laughs> women aren't funny. i yeah. Christopher Hitchens. <laughs> he's a guy. Well, he's he he and Andrew Breitbart are like the two instances of like someone's dead. Gotta say something nice about them, and it's like everyone hates the mother alive, and then. They're Die, they're like, oh, what? What a true thinker! Like, what would
1: they say right now? <laughs>
2: yeah, Ugh, give me a break. Give me a uh, anyway, break. both those, and if I meet both, there's. I made a joke on the Daily Show years ago about Abraham Lincoln's son dying while he was in office, and I feel so bad because if I go to heaven, I'm going to meet Abraham Lincoln and I have to explain myself. But if I go to hell and I meet Christopher Hitchens and Breitbart, wait, I'll be do like, you know I don't care, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll badmouth you till the sun goes wait, down. You don't Come believe on. in heaven and hell, right? I mean, I don't believe in hell. Certainly, we don't need to get into that. But, but like, like, but I mean, I was just saying. Uh,
0: my wife is quick to point out that Jews don't believe in heaven
2: and hell. Well, they believe in some sort of next world, but it's pretty iffy because no one's ever told them what it's like. Like the gray havens. Yeah, exactly. Let's hash
1: this out on the podcast. I,
2: get it. I, <laughs> I mean, because well, the thing is, it's let's a just bonus say. bonus episode. <laughs> I think most people have turned off this episode by now. Yeah, let's just say the subtext Vulcans are Jewish, right? And like, like Leonard Nimoy certainly inf- infused it I with. I thought that was Ferengis. No, well, <laughs> Ferengis are a Jewish stereotype. <laughs> that, that, Leonard Nimoy, it seems, as he went on, kind of infused more Jewish mysticism into Spock as yeah. he got older and became more interested in it. And so it's like there's this part where it's like, oh, Jews – It's that's the way Jews think of themselves is like as very reasonable educated people when everyone else sees them as Ferengi, which are like <laughs> – like, like guys are like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, come on, let's go over there. Like, hey, stop bothering me. My tummy hurts. I love money so much. Yeah, well, that part too. It's uh, but anyway, the shuttle's busted, and but your
1: your Jewish Vulcan sounds a lot like Pacino again. <laughs> yeah. Let's
2: just say the subtext, guys. Al Pacino's Jewish. Let's, let's just say it. But uh, Kirk. So Scotty has finally gotten the whole reason they're using the shuttle is Scotty has gotten the, the transporter isn't working. The beam up stuff. Right. Uh, what's that called? Things that beam. What is this? The fucking pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Jeopardy, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Kirk ha- says they go. We can only take two people. Kirk goes send up Spock and Bones because he's a self-sacrificing hero yeah. and he's got to be a martyr. Goes down with the ship. Goes down yep. with the ship, even though he's literally sending them up to the ship. Uh, that's when the Klingon ship attacks. So the wait, it's in atmosphere
0: now. Can they go in atmosphere?
4: Well, the the shuttles uh, are, are a landing craft. The uh, but the,
0: the I, I thought said, the bird of prey gets in the atmosphere to like yeah the birds of, we see a bird of, of prey,
1: prey we see a bird of prey fly under the the golden gate bridge oh, in, the, guys, in the four star guys, trek guys, film guys oh, guys okay. i
5: gotta
4: pee we can't argue about where the bird of prey can go
1: can they break atmo that's all i'm
2: wondering
4: yeah <laughs> i mean I, I think bird of, bird of prey of canonically do uh in atmosphere combat stuff right.
2: okay. okay let's so now that we've gotten that set aside uh and I'm glad we spent less time on that than on my son's penis when he was born. Uh,
1: so, uh, Why do you
2: keep bringing up your son's penis?
1: I'm proud of it. Like, even before we started
2: recording, it was all you wanted to talk about. I showed you the foreskin that we framed on the wall, yeah. as every Jewish family does. Uh, so, so Bad God is chasing Kirk around. The Klingon ship just blows Bad God up, which is, at that point, you're like, that's definitely not God if a bird of prey could take him down. Especially if you didn't if you didn't doubt it enough when he asked for a spaceship. Christopher would say there are no good gods. That's yeah. true. Christopher Hitchens would just call him God. Uh, if you didn't believe he wasn't God when he asked for a spaceship and if you didn't believe he wasn't God when Cybok wrestled him to a standstill <laughs> you definitely don't when a bird of prey kills him and it's like okay he's the Alpha and the Omega he's one with creation the Lord of all the heaven and the creator of the universe mm.
4: he knows pretty, all sees pretty all. cool. if when the bird of prey hit him with their what their laser beam or whatever just the movie was over existence
3: ends <laughs> <credits
4: Yeah>. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, that would be amazing uh,
2: they beam up Kirk do you think they
1: bitch out by letting the Klingons kill God like do you think that was a specific choice uh, like yeah, let's not have yeah. the Enterprise kill God yeah. I, bet,
2: I bet and I, for the filmmakers too I bet they're like we can't show the Enterprise really kill God the yeah. Klingons are bad anyway yeah Kling- lay it off on them let's let's have the Klingons stand-ins for Russians and also non-white people let's have them kill God <laughs> since I've never been a, it's like well, anyway we don't have to talk about that but it's like <laughs> that that for so long on Star Trek it was, it was like Gene Roddenberry was like I'm a liberal progressive that's why I have a black person on the ship and the Klingons are made to look like, you know, some kind of Russian Asian Black person hybrid. Anyway. Star Trek
1: is my career, and I can tell you with authority that there's no way Gene Roddenberry's
4: a liberal progressive. <laughs> creatively, I mean, he, he may have been a communist, but he was also a sexist <laughs> and I mean, a racist. Be, to
2: be fair, that they were all, they all were back then, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, the same way that it's like you hear a. No, it's pronounced stuff- Uhura. Sorry, thanks, Dan. The, it's pronounced Zithura, Directed by John Favreau. The, the, the fact that it's pronounced uh, Zithera, the cheesy sauce that you get at a spaghetti factory. <laughs> oh, that's uh,
0: yeah, Zithera, the thing they play at the beginning yeah. of The Third Man.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the,
2: uh, the, the, I, the way, way that sixties and seventies comedy—they're like it was all about breaking the rules and overthrowing the establishment. Women were made to serve men too. Wait, what? Like you read the like you read the lampoon, and half the jokes are about like having sex with women and and abusing them it's like this is terrible come on guys you know what doesn't hold up so if I run into any of the lampoon guys in hell hey you know what I stand by it forget it okay so uh, (laughs) yeah like Your version
1: of hell is being fucked in the ass by Conan (laughs) O'Brien. I guess
2: that would be pretty bad. If I wasn't into it, that would be pretty bad. I mean, you might be into it. I don't know. There (laughs) are people who would love that. I'm not one of them. You know what? I'm not going to. This is a personalized hell for me. The devil's like, hey, look, I'm not saying it's objectively evil, but for you, you wouldn't enjoy it, right? I'm like, yes. In (laughs) context. The same way that, you know how Kokomo is playing on Nonstop Loop? Other people would have enjoyed that, but you don't. I'm like, you know it, devil. I feel like Like
0: Kokomo (laughs) and Conan O'Brien. Brian is a weird combination, right?
5: What? Well, because it's, it's he's called Coco
2: Team Coco. Yeah,
5: we're taking Mona and yeah. O'Brien. We're taking so long. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking so long to get to my to get to my favorite stupid moment of the movie. Guys,
0: just pee Dan, just pee into the you're just into pee fear. in a bucket.
2: Come on, Dan Stuart's Scene and all already. Just, just pee in <laughs> Rob's outstretched hands. <laughs> <laughs> so so. Kirk gets beamed up to what the Klingon ship uh-huh. and Spock is there and he has convinced the Klingon uh-huh. envoy to command the Klingon captain to apologize. No, to no, Kirk. this
5: is, but no, wait, hold on. We missed my favorite stupid moment. <laughs> okay. stupid part? when like Jump the, in. The, the envoy, like the Klingon, like, uh, whatever, who, the, 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 the he's a delegate to Nimbus. The III. delegate is like, Oh, say hello to our new gunner and Spock turns around in the gun thing like he's the guy who blew up god oh, and it's just cool. like wait why does why does Spock also have to beam over to to <laughs> operate the guns <laughs> like i'm sure that someone on the klingon ship could have uh, shot god just as easily is this as Spock. a movie
4: about the jews killing
2: jesus it has to be at this point <laughs> now i believe it except he's such a like you're saying he's such an old testament god it was, that yeah. it's like who knows <laughs> But, it's, one so of these but moments, it's like
5: it's one of these moments where it's just like oh one of our heroes has to be in charge of the shooting yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when, as soon as Klingons I yeah, as
3: soon as
2: I
0: saw that Klingon ship shoot something like accurately, I'm like, "What the fuck?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then when I realized what happened,
0: I was like, "Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay."
2: It's like when a stormtrooper shoots someone. You know, you're like, "Oh, that must be one of the heroes dressed up in stormtrooper armor." <laughs> so, so, here's my guess. Spock was like, "Nothing is less logical than God. It requires a leap of faith, and faith is not reasonable." Let's kill his ass.
3: <laughs>
2: so, which uh, is
1: why Spock like turns the Klingon ship to the side.
3: <laughs> yep, yep. <yeah. laughs>
1: and kills God gangster style. Yeah, shoots God twice in the back of the head.
2: Two taps out. Uh, you see how the convert of prey stands over God and puts another one in the head just to make sure he's done.
1: They they executed God because what's, what's the, the difference?
4: <laughs> Their MO is that they're good. As soon
2: as the first two were down, they took care of the other guy. Uh, so the, uh, this this is also wraps up a, a weird subplot where this Klingon envoy, he was apparently a respected Klingon general who, what, like fell on hard times? Yep. And Spock has to help him build his confidence back up to command the Klingon on Captain yeah. and it's like wait a minute why does he get an arc but, but like Sulu or Uhura yeah. or none of the other guys and do that, like, well,
0: and there was that montage where Spock is teaching him how to be cool again and they play walk like a man
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and he keeps trying on clothes and, and, and Kirk keeps, and Spock keeps shaking his head yeah. and he finally That's tips down his sunglasses looks over them <laughs> <laughs> and then the Klingon envoy he goes to the store that wouldn't let him shop earlier and he holds up the bags and he goes big mistake <laughs> <laughs> so everyone celebrates Klingon. Yeah, yeah in <laughs> case. Uh everyone celebrates with cocktails. It's this weird cocktail mixer on the Enterprise. I
0: love this shit where where is it Chekhov <laughs> and Sulu are following the Klingon woman? And she's like, first off, she is super jacked. She's incredible. And they're like talking about how muscly she is, and as soon as she actually approaches another Klingon, they're like, Uh let's get out of here.
3: Wee. <laughs>
1: I love how Chekhov's like, Isn't she hot? And Sulu's like,
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally going to try to bone her. I am I find very incredibly sexually attractive. I am attracted to her physical
1: attributes. Specifically, the muscle part.
3: <laughs>
0: I lo- but I love the idea that they're like walking away like, like tugging on their collars like,
4: ooh, we oh almost, that was a close
0: one. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we almost got killed. Is Sulu
2: gay in the universe? No.
4: No? Uh, and and I think George Takei, I mean, they made him gay in the reboots. Uh-huh. And I think that George Takei really didn't, Uh, it took exception to that because uh-huh. he wasn't playing the character in that way and never understood the character to be gay. Mm. And it was like... The filmmakers of the reboots going like, "Hey, isn't this cool? We made him gay, just like you." And he was like, "That's not what the character is." And meanwhile, Zachary Quinto is like, "Can
2: Spock be gay, please?" Like, <laughs> like,
3: Why like
2: are you right keep here, making me make
4: out with Ahura. Like,
2: yeah. I hate this. But uh, okay, that makes sense. I've I've respect. I've so much respect for George Takei as a performer and as a person. And like the the idea that he was like, "Look, I'm not." Sulu. Like, Sulu is a character that I played, yeah. and you don't need to do this little hat tip to me right. to make me Sulu. Like, I, I respect that a lot.
1: Like, they didn't make Scotty stupid in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek <laughs> films as a nod to Star Trek V, either.
3: <laughs> well, and one of them- is sp- so funny, though. They didn't
1: cut off his finger. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's doing nothing but trip and falls.
0: <laughs> and when Scotty smacks his head, he's just walking, and when he gets up, he's got blood on his forehead. How strong are his legs propelling him?
1: That's what I likes about him.
0: Or I guess when you get older, your skin turns into like a thin trash bag material that is ready to rupture so all your organs spill out.
2: It's like the tissue paper around a fancy gift in a gift bag. But what you don't see also is that the Enterprise isn't finished so there's all these nails sticking out of the other side of that girder that haven't yet been sanded down or, or pounded down you know anyway was Cybok's spell broken when he died because for,
1: for Cybok died
2: <laughs> Well, I mean, I he mean merged I guess- with God and then blew up <laughs> we don't see him again
1: okay he was murdered
2: <laughs> we can all understand that so wait Spock killed Cybok well, I guess you're right Spock finally followed through and killed Cybok I didn't even put two and two together he mm-hmm. was like this is I should have done this a long time ago <laughs> No. This new gangster Spock that we put in place. All right, let's. let's I love the Coolio "Gangsters Paradise" song that they played during the credits of yeah, this film. Yeah, Spock's end
5: in most of his life. Gangsters Paradise
2: City. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so Dan, Dan really has to pee, so we can We're zoom so to the end of the, to the movie. End of this movie, guys. And the and so Kirk suggests that God is actually in the human heart, and he calls Spock and Bones his family, and he goes, Spock, you lost a brother, and he goes, Yes, but I. Kept, I saved two others or something like that yeah. and then they go back to camping and they sing row 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 your boat and I have to admit like even as someone who is not super versed in this these characters and have not followed them a long time they everything they do carries a history and so having them reassert like yes we are a family and we, we love each love, other and we love each other it was very meaningful even if they already felt that way at the beginning of the movie, and it was yeah. like so nothing. So it's not like you discovered, oh no, we do care about each other. You just reaffirmed it, and it's like if at the end of every Spider-Man movie, he was like, "Yeah, I was wrong to let my Uncle Ben get killed." He's like, yeah, that's where you started, dude. Like, that's...
1: And Spider-Man's like, "I'm also going to look very different yeah.
3: next
2: time you see me." <laughs> I hope you like. What if at the end of the last, the third Toby Maguire movie, he just turns to the camera and goes. Hope you like the Spider-Man story, folks, because you're about to see it again. Wink! (laughs) Take it away, Andrew! (laughs) It's like a chain letter. Like, he mailed Andrew Garfield a script and was like, somebody else didn't play Spider-Man and terrible things happened to them. Send this to five of your friends and have them play (laughs) Spider-Man.
4: And only one actor is ever gullible enough to take them up on it.
2: So we would normally end with final judgments. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: and I think we should do that. And uh, and then uh, while we're talking about final judgments, I want everybody to think about their drunk Shimoda, which is uh, a segment at the end of our show where we call out the character that is f- the funniest uh, character that's doing something that just uh, that caught her eye that uh, we, we
2: really liked. So... Uh, yeah, what? How does final judgments work? So, Dan, would you like to explain, or you, is, has the has the urine reached the top of your brain and you can no longer think?
5: <laughs> I'll explain and then I'll run to the bathroom just so I'm not thinking about it. The so rest you don't pee time.
2: all over yourself. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the unspoken reason.
5: Yeah, <laughs> it's whether this is a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie we kind of like. I think those are pretty self explanatory categories, but uh, so
2: Dan, say yours and
5: then leave. <laughs> I think that. Uh, this is a bad, bad movie. I really love the Star Trek characters. I do have a lot of history with them. I uh, I, th- I find them very charming. And to that end, the stuff that I found most charming about this movie was the stupidest stuff when they're just like hanging out in Yosemite. Even though that stuff is goofy <laughs> as balls, like at least it's just like a character moment. But this movie gets mired down in so much boring shit. In the second act, that I can't recommend it at all, and that's my. Favorite.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay, you Dan, you go pee because I disagree Thank with you. you completely. All right.
5: Well, I'm gonna miss the disagreement. I'm gonna be. All
2: right. Dan, leave the bathroom door open so you can hear me, hear what I say. The, so, I, I'm going to call this a good, bad movie. But maybe that's because as someone with no sentimentality about Star Trek, I'm not being like, oh, my favorite characters, they, they're they doing bad, it's not very good. The way that when the Star Wars prequels came out, I was like, seriously? Like, you're going to take, like, the richest, most delicious pudding and just, like, pee in it? Like, come on. But the... That with this, Gina, w- like so much Dan McCoy urine <laughs> <laughs> after being ha- having held it for an hour or so, I'm like, I like this is a movie that I, I would love to watch with people. It's like I laughed my way through it, it's super cheap, it takes so long to beating around to get what to get to what it's going to do. And when it gets there, you're like, That was it, like that's what you were doing. And it just has, like I was saying, it has that Star Trek cheapness that I find both now when I was a kid. I just didn't like it. And that's why I didn't watch a lot of Star Trek. But now I find it very endearing the same way that when I was a kid, I hated the Three Stooges because it was so dumb and cheap looking. And now that's exactly what I like about it. (laughs) Not to say Star Trek is dumb. It's not. But that it's like – there are a number of scenes where I was like, you know what? Good for you, Star Trek V. You're trying to do something. It's not working. But, like, look, you're not Star Wars and you know it, but you're trying to do something. And the fact that, come on, you got Captain Kirk – Climbing Al Capitan, free free climbing. You got free solo. You got Spock with rocket shoes. Like, you got God gets wrestled by a Vulcan and then blown up. What's not to like in this movie? They
4: actually answered the question, are Cybox arms long enough to box with God?
2: Yeah, he's the one guy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I
4: think for me it's also a good, bad movie. Like, and I do have sentimentality about these characters and, and love them, but I also, like, am... I'm fine with the idea. I mean, like, as a Star Trek fan, you have to be fine with the idea that, like, a lot of the time there's going to be a bad thing that happens that is embarrassing and, and weak. Uh, and and I think that like you know some Star Wars fans are starting to understand that about the world. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. I mean,
2: like, they should have started understanding that as soon as everyone started volunteering for that mission in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Or I guess the moment in uh, some of the some of the moments in the in the Jabba's palace, like when Boba Fett gets knocked into a pit. Yeah. Just by blind Han Solo swinging a pole around, and it's like, <laughs> all right, maybe that guy's not as cool as the last movie led me to believe. <laughs> that was a little of a, a bit of a
4: corny way to go out, anyways. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I love that. This This movie really, like, swings for the fences. Shatner is a very egotistical man and puts himself way too much at the center of the story for something that really should be about Spock uh, and his brother. And I think that that, you know, as a director, like, that's obviously, like, something that is tempting to do. But uh, I think he maybe got a little distracted making himself look cool. Uh Uh, But but I love the stuff about him and McCoy and Spock. And I think... Uh, there are genuinely cool parts of this movie. Yeah. Uh, despite how bad it is.
1: <laughs> I think it's good bad also. I think there are, I was surprised at how interesting compositionally the film was. I don't think William Shatner is a bad director. I thought this, this film was visually interesting throughout. Yeah. I really, there's like a line of dialogue in the very beginning that, that I think embodies the feeling of the film best. And that's when they're uh, talking about row, row, row your boat. And uh, and I think it's McCoy that says the words aren't important, and it's important that you have a good time singing it. Mm-hmm. And like this is that kind of Star Trek film, like <laughs> the details aren't important. It's was it fun to watch and experience, and I think it was.
2: It's it's definitely a movie that thinks it is about to get into a deep idea and doesn't. Yeah. but it's almost <laughs> better off that it doesn't. Yeah, know? Stuart, what do you think?
0: You know, I think I'm going to go back around to Dan. I'm going to say I think it's a bad bad Whoa! movie. I I know we're going to book in yeah.
2: East Coast you know, <laughs> West Coast Star Trek 5 feud but I, I think the biggest
0: thing is that it it's because it doesn't feel like any like it doesn't feel like it has anywhere to go and it doesn't really go anywhere and it doesn't really do anything like the characters are exactly the same as when you first meet them and nobody changes and especially when you're dealing with a story where Spock finds his long lost brother who then wrestles with God and gets blown up by him it seems, it feels like that should have been more emotional than it was. But then but then a three-breasted cat dancer gets drowned in a pool table. So that's pretty cool.
2: I mean, it's pretty clear why the man who loved cat dancing loved cat dancing. She has three breasts. <laughs> now, the, uh, here's the thing. Paul Verhoeven did direct that scene. Stuart, I would say... Spock doesn't feel a lot of emotions, so how is he going to have an emotional moment about killing his brother? Oh, oh. no! But you make a good point. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty. It does feel like an episode. Elliot of the tele- smoked a cigarette around the top of his head, <laughs> you know, and then blew the smoke into uh, DeForest Kelly's yeah. uniform. <laughs> it is. It is a movie. It feels like it feels like an episode of a TV show. Yeah. Like it never feels like a movie. Yeah. And uh, the apocryphally. The story is that Stan Lee said to Jack Kirby, the Fantastic Four fights God, and he created Galactus and the Silver Surfer. Here they said Star Trek fights God, and they ended with uh, a, a weird video face shooting eye lasers at the characters. <laughs> <laughs> They're both valid ways to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I could see how this is— Equally iconic. <laughs> but it's—I uh, I guess, you know what, it, it, it matters what going into it you expect, as with any, all things. Yeah. Well,
4: I guess uh, I just have one question for everybody— Yeah. What's that, Ben? Did you guys find yourselves a drunk Shimoda? Incredible.
3: Drunk Shimoda.
4: There's a bunch of, okay, there's some possibilities. Yeah, I'm going to say the cat dancer. She was awesome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) She took the initiative, (laughs) she
1: wrapped her legs around uh, Captain Kirk's head, and then she went out like a champion. She also sounds like James Brown when she's on the attack. Did you hear that?
2: (laughs) They actually use
1: James Brown vocals.
2: Really? During the attack scene. I didn't realize that. Wow. That's great. Uh, For me, I think it might – I mean, really, it's David Warner doing nothing the whole movie. (laughs) But there's something about uh, the the two other envoys, the Klingon envoy who halfway through the movie, it's like he's like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to have – a character arc? Hold on a second. And the Romulan envoy who thinks she's going to have a character arc and then disappears from the story. And I I, think I just, I want to know what was going through those actors' faces, heads, through their faces. Probably, you know, food, probably, at the craft services table. But the, what was going through their heads where the Klingon guy was like, another day in Klingon makeup, another paycheck. Wait, what? I didn't read the script. And the Romulan was like, any minute now, my character's going to have their big moment.
4: Yeah, when I get the sides tomorrow, I'm sure it's going to happen. This is when I seduce a character. There's something, yeah. like, weirdly... They wouldn't be putting this crazy hook
2: hair on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of crazy hair... I thought she was great in Wayne's World too, though. <laughs>
3: yes.
2: The, and, and for me, there's the there's the guy who you just see on a TV screen that plays in the bar in Paradise City, who's just chilling Paradise City. And he's got this crazy <laughs> Babylon 5 hair. And he's just like, we made Paradise City as close as possible to, well paradise <laughs> and he's such a murray's wigs type character like yeah uh,
4: paul verhoeven directed that stuff too by oh, way. He
2: had to have been. but what about you guys uh
4: my uh, klingon ambassador leapt out at me as the as the drunk shimoto because when the when the city is being attacked his first thing is to run into the bar oh, and just steal right. <laughs> booze yeah. Yeah. just like a klingon yeah fun i'm gonna choose cyborg like
1: i think it's Strange and interesting that like the antagonist of the film, you're never meant to hate. I never mm. hate him, and in fact, like I'm sort of on his side <laughs> for
2: a lot of the film. If I th- it had worked out, yeah. Aside from the stealing a spaceship, his plan would have been. I mean, he, he's a visionary. Yeah. He's de- he genuinely wants to help people with their pain. Yeah like he's, he's he, a healer
4: he also he's, sees the ruse for what it is eventually like yeah. he's, he is he goes into that fist fight with open eyes like oh i got i got hoodwinked. He's heroic at the end
1: yeah and th- i think like seriously the scene where he shows mccoy his pain i think is one of the best moments in any star trek film i i really took that scene to heart i thought it was great and i thought uh, his performance in it was was really good
2: uh, it is something funny about that. His, his like, share your pain with me is basically just like, tell me the worst thing that, ever had, that you ever <laughs> yeah. did ever happened to revenue. And that it's a very movie therapy thing where it's like, you say it and then you're like, oh, it's lifted from it, Like in any movie where they're like, yeah. they're like, I can't get on with my life. Why can't you get on with life? Because my father hit me. Oh, oh, I realize it now. Well, now I mean, I'm fine. Thanks. I therapist. Mean, that's, that's it's actually the works. premise
4: of the, the Netflix series, Maniac. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like the exact same thing. I thought the premise was Netflix has a lot of money to spend on original programming. <laughs> and, yeah.
0: and I, I mean, it's kind of true. Like, I, I like to tell people about the time I drank too much and shit my pants and that way that nobody can use that story against me in some kind
2: of blackmail sitch. Heard that story many times. Uh, is Dan back? Can I'm he here. tell us or is he still?
3: No, oh, I've, okay,
5: I've just been sitting in silence. For me it's Chekhov because okay. he gets almost nothing to do at all in this movie. Uh, the most notable thing he does is when he and Sulu are uh, lost in Yosemite. He pretends to Ohura that they're caught in a blizzard by blowing into the, the transmitter.
4: Yeah, he's trying to hold his buddy down. You know? Yeah,
1: it's also the scene that reveals that Walter Koenig has like Robin Williams style arm hair. <laughs>
2: He is makes, very furry. That makes sense. Eastern and European.
0: I also, I also like when they, they they trick Cyborg by having Chekhov be the captain. And then when they're like, well, later on when it's revealed, Cyborg's like, you're the captain? What about Captain Chekhov? Oh.
3: Oh. <laughs> oh,
0: right! There's no way that guy would be the captain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: it's a real tease against for Chekhov, Like Chekhov, you get to pretend to be the captain. But also, it's a thing I love about Star Trek is that there's so much about chain of command that anytime someone's not on the ship, someone else becomes captain. <laughs> so eventually, Scotty's just sitting in the chair, and it's like, okay, you're the guy. Like what? And like every every one of the the like the like privates is like. I just have if enough people leave the ship. Yeah, I get to sit in the captain's chair. I'm like 84 in the, in the chain of succession. It's like mm-hmm. how Postmaster General is the last member of the cabinet who gets right. to be president. Yeah. Like, it, but everyone gets a chance if enough people go. Yeah. So there's, it's like how it, it always makes that chair. Is seem, that what
4: Kiefer Sutherland was supposed to be the Yeah, yeah. the
2: designated survivor? Yeah, I think he's the Postmaster General. <laughs> and he's like, all I know
3: is stamps, stamps, stamps.
2: <laughs> and, uh, the uh there's but it always devalues the chair to me when like kirk leaves and someone else sits in it and it's like mm, like I'm, i want to think of it as like a throne yeah. but instead it's just like the best chair in the house and when dad's not here then one of the kids gets to sit in it
1: <laughs> it's got to really squeaky out when you sit down in it and it's still warm yeah. Yeah. Uh, Last guy. gross smells like shatner <laughs> I mean, delicious,
2: yep. wonderful, manly, yeah.
1: Like whiskey and beans.
0: <laughs> mm, I'm getting hungry.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I think we did it, guys. We overcame uh, the technical difficulties of being on two different coasts.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I had a great time doing this with you guys. I didn't know if it would work having this many
2: people on mic for a show. And and it almost it, did. Yeah,
0: it, <laughs> it almost was okay.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so I guess now, now's the time when we should thank all the MaxFun donors. Absolutely. Who, who made this possible by donating. Thank you for supporting our shows. Thank you for supporting the network. Mm-hmm. Please keep doing that. If you want to listen to other MaxFun shows, go ahead, but listen to ours first, you know? Yeah.
1: If you're listening to this and you haven't supported the show, then what the hell's your problem? Yeah. yeah.
2: You're a criminal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, don't be. Uh, well, who's like a really bad Star Trek criminal? Like, who's mm. the Lex Luthor of Star Trek? con yeah yeah, don't be a con don't even mention him you'll get me started on uh, in the Star Trek movie in the new ones where he's like my name is con and it's meaningless unless you've already know the character from other movies (laughs) because they've done nothing to set up that That, character that's the
0: smurf happens of that movie (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, you gotta believe it!
2: Oh, don't even get me started on Smurf happens. But thank you so much, everybody, for yeah. listening. And uh, thanks, guys, for sharing this movie and this experience with us. Yeah, yeah
1: we we uh, we, we uh, shared our pain with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: we said show us, show me your pain, share me your pain. And it was Star Trek 5. and Cybok was like, No, 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 it's too much. What kind of a god would allow this?
3: <laughs>
4: uh, well, I'm I'm just such a big fan of uh, uh, the show you guys do, and I'm uh, I was. It was a real thrill for us to to get to sit in with you guys. And, uh, Same
3: here.
4: Uh, so thanks to all the MaxFun donors for helping make that happen.
1: Thanks everyone. Thank
0: you.
5: Bye. Bye. Bye.
4: Bye. Bye.